Welcome to episode number eight of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently on a series based on my book entitled, Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. Today's episode is entitled, Making Financial Decisions. This could be the most important chapter in the book. I might say that about a couple other ones, but this is a very important chapter. My experience has shown me that financial success depends on four conditions. One, trust God with our finances. Two, establish our giving and our tithing to the work of the Lord. Three, controlling spending habits. And four is found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And it says, whatever you do, do it heartily. It's crucial that we understand that decision-making is vital. You wouldn't even probably be listening to this episode today if it wasn't for your decision to make a change in your finances. We can all say that we've made some good decisions and some bad ones. Maybe some good advice would be to stop making bad ones and start making only good ones. I know that's a little corny, but that is, is really how we ought to look at making our decisions. We should have decisions that are based upon uh, due diligence, upon research, and most importantly, decisions that we made founded in prayer, based upon seeking God's word and his direction for what decisions we need to make. So why don't we just do that right now? Father, I pray that you would help us to make good decisions, that you would Help us, Father, to understand your will in the decisions that need to be made. I pray that you would bless this teaching today, that you would anoint the ears of those who are listening, and that you would anoint me to speak according to your will. We thank you for what's going to take place. Give you all the praise for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. When our children were very young, let's say maybe five or six years old, my wife and I tried to teach them a concept uh, we hoped would stick with them for the rest of their lives, and that had to do with making de- good decisions with their finances. Now, when one of our children would ask for money uh, to buy something, I would ask them how much they needed and what they wanted to buy. After they gave me a good reason, I usually gave them the money they needed. It was usually a couple of dollars for something they saw on a television commercial are in a store somewhere. Those of you who've raised small children know and understand this type of request. After a few days, when I had, when I had given the children uh, some money, or my wife had, we would ask them if they were still enjoying the thing they bought with the money that they had received. Most of the time, they had already forgotten what they bought and would ask me if they could have more money to buy something else. Now, That is when I would attempt, and I mean attempt, to explain to them the importance of being thankful for what they had received and not to take for granted the blessings of the Lord or a blessing from their mom and dad. And that when they made a decision, it would be nice to be able to reflect upon that decision and evaluate it, whether it was a good one or a bad one. Now, I know some of you have already tuned me out on this because you're thinking, how can I give this advice to a five or six-year-old child and expect to get uh, a solid response. But the Bible tells us to train up our children in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it. And I really believe that that we need to train our children in the area of making decisions and their finances at a very early age. 
you might be thinking that we were a little naive in trying to train our children this way, but, but don't kid yourself. Uh, our children are aware of when they must be thankful and about decisions that they need to make in their life. I believe that many people today have habits that they learned incorrectly as a small child. Maybe they were never thankful for what they received and so money could just go through their hands without uh, much thought. Others uh, feel that there's always someone that will give them something or bail them out when they get into a problem. So I think we need to teach our children when they're young and then hopefully they'll catch it and it'll become part of their life and their uh, basis for making good decisions. I'm going to talk a little bit about something that, uh, that you may agree or disagree with me on, and that is the issue of giving our children an allowance. Now, I don't believe in the traditional way of giving an allowance to our kids without making them responsible for performing certain work assignments around the house. For example, if they're told to make their bed and clean their room up, then they may get their allowance based on whether they do that or not. Simple things like that. I believe in faithfulness, and I believe that we should bless or reward our children for their faithfulness to their assigned responsibilities. Now, too many times I think that allowances are something that we give regardless of our children's faithfulness. Now think about it. Our kids feel the allowance is something we owe them. Some of our children may feel that they don't have to earn it. Today, Americans' children are being taught that their parents owe them whether they perform their daily responsibilities or not. And I, I believe that's incorrect. Children must be taught at an early age that they must earn the money they get. In addition to that, that they need to evaluate how and what they purchase with their funds. Now, teaching our children good spending habits will bless them throughout their life. Let's take this discussion away from our children now and move it into our lives. Let's take a closer look at our spending decisions. I believe following, I've given a good list of the, of the most common things that we should consider when facing uh, making good spending decisions. Now, all of these will help us to become debt-free. That's the goal of this entire lesson. Number one, look at your list of month, monthly expenses and determine what our needs, wants, or desires. Now, I could go into this uh, for a couple of episodes just on wants, needs, and desires, but many times the decisions we make are based upon whether we feel something is a want or a need or a desire, and they are three totally different things. Needs are one thing. Uh, wants can be uh, something as simple as having a, a second TV or a third or fourth TV, and desires might be to have an expensive sports car. So uh, let's understand the difference between those and also understand that the decisions we make uh, to get ourselves out of debt uh, need to be founded in understanding what is truly a need in our life. Number two in making decisions. Speak to your spouse or a good friend or a family member about your spending decisions. Get their advice. There's really nothing wrong with asking other people whether you think a purchase or how you're going to spend your money is a good decision or not. Now, you want to have confidence in that person. You want to trust that person. You want to believe that you're sharing something personal with them and they'll just keep it between you and them. To this day, I sometimes will bounce an idea off a good friend of mine and we're, 
were both certainly uh, mature enough and old enough to, to understand to make good decisions. But I like advice from others. I enjoy uh, the counsel of others. The Bible tells us that there's wisdom in the counsel of others. So asking someone else uh, for advice on making a good decision, uh, I believe will bless you and help you achieve your goal of becoming debt-free. Item number three in our list of decision-making is record how you spend your money. Now, for example, when and how much you spend. You don't have to record every single nickel or dime, but record 30 days of of spending decisions. Uh, Write down the things that you decided to make a decision on, and then you might want to sit back and reevaluate it and say, was that a good decision? There's nothing wrong with critiquing yourself and saying to yourself, well, possibly that wasn't good, but that was really a a great decision. And so it's important that we evaluate ourselves and we we test ourselves and we review our spending habits so that we can accomplish our goals. Another question we need to ask ourselves before making decisions is, does this decision line up with the Word of God? Now, need to take a little time on this because that's a pretty, pretty strong statement. We sometimes we'll purchase something and not weigh the impact that it might have on our family. Uh, over the years, as a banker, I, uh, I've helped people uh, get loans for various things. And uh, one item that was very common in Arizona was to get a home improvement loan for a swimming pool. So the people would come in to see me and they would talk about what the payment would be for that pool. And they felt, well, I can handle that in my budget. Uh, But then I would ask them, well, have you also prepared yourself for the maintenance costs of having a swimming pool in Arizona? And most had never even thought about that. They thought, well, what's the big deal? It's going to be some water, uh, a little cleaning from time to time, and that's about it. But that's really not a good decision uh, based upon just the cost of the pool or maybe a little water. A swimming pool can be a very expensive uh, item to maintain. Uh, The same thing with an automobile. People would come in and, and buy a car and not realize that the car insurance on a new one would be more, not realize that the type of car they purchased would would be more expensive, or that they may be purchasing a car that requires a lot of maintenance. That is why I mentioned at the beginning of this suggestion that we need to base our decisions upon the Word of God. The Word of God wants us to evaluate the impact that we have today, tomorrow, and in the future. The Word of God tells us that a man plans his ways and a Lord directs his steps. It also tells us, the Word of God tells us, that we need to uh, seek help and counsel. So before we make a purchase, make a decision to to buy something, uh, godly counsel is wonderful. Uh, Good uh, counsel from people who've had swimming pools, who've had expensive cars, or who've made decisions that they've regretted in the past would be helpful to us. So I I strongly encourage you to, to base decisions upon what God's Word says about not causing a negative impact on our lives. Some people will purchase a vacation home and struggle to maintain their payments on the home that they have in their primary residence. And therefore, the vacation home is not a blessing, but can actually be a curse on someone. Other folks can go out and make a purchase and buy something very, very expensive and finance it. Uh, and then literally face another curse, another challenge in their life to try and keep the payments up. Sometimes they're not able to do that and it can ruin their credit. So if we uh, approach decisions without seeking God's word and without seeking his peace, because the, the Lord promises us that if we seek him, 
that he will give us peace that passes all understanding and it'll guard our heart in Christ Jesus. My suggestions about making decisions are basically asking you to live within your means. Now, a lot of people uh, maybe don't understand that. I may have mentioned uh, briefly this in one of our prior episodes, but I'd like to spend a little time on that right now. What does it mean to live within your means? Uh, Let me just give you my simple little definition. It means to spend only what you make. Uh, America today has a philosophy, and that is uh, by many, many people, uh, get what you want and get it now. Uh, Don't worry about having the money to pay for it. Just go ahead and finance it or charge it or put it on a credit card or get a home equity loan uh, or get some other type of uh, source of income so you can afford to purchase the things that you want to you want to make and the decisions you, you want to make with your finances. Uh, and, and a lot of folks today struggle with wanting something because somebody else has it. Uh, it's, it's really a violation uh, of what God's plan is for our life in dealing with our finances if we base our decisions upon decisions that other other people have made for their life or for their lifestyle, uh, so let's let's base our decisions upon uh, spending money uh, de- determined solely upon uh, what our income is and what we can actually afford. As I may have told you before, I was a banker for about 15 years, and many of my customers were very wealthy, but many of my customers were also making it just payday to payday, and and some couldn't even accomplish that feat. Uh, But I learned something really important about people who are financially well-off, many of them that is, that most of the individuals who were millionaires uh, did not spend everything that they made. They lived uh, way below their means. Now, that may sound like a negative statement, but in, in reality, if we live below our means, what that means is we are not spending everything that we make and we are investing or we are saving or we're giving to others the funds that we don't need to spend. There's a great story that uh, I remember about a man that was a customer of mine at the bank. He was uh, very wealthy, but that wasn't the way he started out. He told me the story of when he first started in business, he, he made a certain amount of money and him and his wife decided they could live within that. And after, when his income increased, they did not just increase their standard of living. He uh, set, would sit down with her and the two of them would evaluate what's a need, what's a want, what's a desire. Uh, and his income uh, would, would go up significantly. They, when that happened, they would not just have these massive increases in, in lifestyle and homes and cars and all those types of things. They established a, a baseline and they determined that a certain amount of money would be just fine. They enjoyed their, their lifestyle, their living standard was just fine for them. And as their income increased, they just simply would invest it and, and make other wise decisions with it. Uh, his income literally increased like 10 to 20 times what, it was, what he was making in the early days. I'm going to throw out a number here that might shock you and think that, well, if you had that much money, you wouldn't have any problem with spending. But he was making $100,000 a year, uh, and uh, all of a sudden his income went up to a million dollars a year. But he did not change his lifestyle uh, from that $100,000 when he was making a million dollars. 
His income then went up to $2 million a year and his wife and his, they sat down and said, well, maybe this would be a good time to kind of make some adjustments. And so they increased their, their, their spending to $200,000 uh, when he was making $2 million. Uh, you can guess it. He became very wealthy, made some incredible investments, and was uh, a multi, multi, multi-million dollars man many, many, many times over, and was able to bless his family, bless his church, bless charities, and he became one of the most generous men in our community. So I thank the Lord for that. By the way, he was a believer. And uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he was an amazing man that I learned a great lesson from on how to make good decisions and how to set up a certain standard of living. Sadly, the American way today for many is to live above their means. Far too many want to have it now. They, they want others to think that they have more money than they actually possess. They like to live above their means. Uh, that means their income. Uh, because they wanted to, to feel successful. They, I call it a fake prosperity. That's called it. It's a lack of being content. Uh, I believe that, that over 90% of those that I've counseled in the area of money live far above their income. And that means that they spend more than they make. This would be a good time to tell you that I don't have a problem with people succeeding financially. I certainly don't have a problem with financial prosperity. If my neighbor has a new car, I'm thankful for him as long as he can afford to pay for it. Uh, if a good friend of mine uh, goes out and buys an expensive home or a second home someplace, I'm happy for them. So I don't think that Lord, the Lord places any restrictions on what we can have and, and, and what type of luxuries that we can purchase. The Word of God is filled with examples of very wealthy, successful people. It's also filled with examples of greedy people and people who struggle uh, to get more and to try and impress others. So I guess the, the kind of rule of thumb that I have, let's put God first in our finances and in our financial decisions. By first, that means uh, whatever income that you have coming in, uh, give to the Lord first. I believe what we give to the Lord should be the first item in our budget and we should establish that. Uh, once we establish that, I personally believe that it's the tithe, and that means 10% of our income. Once we have placed God first in our finances, then everything else that we have will be blessed by Him. It's, it's vital, I believe, that we don't buy a bigger car and then cut out our giving to the church. If we believe that God is our source of the finances that we have, then we should then take our decisions uh, to the Lord and make God the source of our decision-making. You may ask, so how do we know that God agrees with the decisions that we make? As a believer, I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to me by giving me peace. I also believe the Holy Spirit speaks to me by allowing doubt to get into my mind. If there's doubt, then the answer to that is don't do what the doubt is telling you. If there's peace, then do what that peace is directing you to do. What does the Word of God say about peace? In John 16, it tells us this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Have you ever had tribulation over a bad decision that you made? 
I have. I can remember when we were uh, in business and my wife and I would build a very expensive home uh, in, uh, in, in North Scottsdale. Uh, and I, we had rules. We had guidelines. We would set down uh, steps one through ten. Uh, these are the good things and these are the things we don't want to do. Well, on one particular case, we violated all of the things that you shouldn't do and we did them anyways because we thought about it as being a, a no big deal or a, as, as they say, an, a no-brainer, which turned out to be really having no brains to make that decision. But uh, we went ahead and purchased the property and then built a very expensive home on it and, uh, and had uh, one of the most difficult times in, in, of all the homes that I ever built. It took us seven years to get it sold. We had to live in the house uh, for a period of about three years and it just was not a good decision. So I've learned from that. And uh, I, let me give you some advice about decisions. Look at all the decisions that you've made that are bad. I mean, really not good decisions. Write them all down. You know, bad on this decision was bad, that was bad, so forth and so on. Just keep writing them down one after another. And if you're like me, you might have to have a couple pieces of paper to write down the number of decisions that didn't turn out the way you'd expected. Now, here's my advice to you. Don't do those things again. Don't make those decisions. Some of you might be laughing at my advice to you, but when you get right down to the bottom line, it's pretty simple. The things that we've made mistakes on, we shouldn't do them again. Simple, but very powerful and very effective in your future decision-making. Let me read to you one of my absolute favorite passages of Scripture found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to read it a little slow because I want you to savor it. I want you to take it in and receive it. I believe God will bless us if we listen to this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. The words in that passage are so powerful and so true. It starts off by telling us not to worry about anything. Well, it's hard to make good decisions if we're worrying all the time. And then it says to pray about everything. So decisions require prayer. Then it tells us to tell God what we need and then thank him for all that he's done in the past. So our decisions should be based upon that. And then in verse 7 it says, Then you will experience God's peace. Once we've done these things, once we don't worry, once we, we pray, once we tell God what we need, and we're asking him to help us make a decision, then it says you will experience God's peace, which ex exceeds anything we can understand. And that peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you really want to know if you've made the right decision, then your mind and your heart will be at peace. There will not be frustration, there will not be anger, there will not be anxiety, there won't be fear. They'll be simply just trusting in God and knowing that God's in that decision because God is the author of peace. He's not the author of worry and anxiety and fear. He is the author of peace and we should seek his peace in all the decisions that we desire to make. As I was looking at that scripture, verse number eight, we can't miss verse eight. I know you've all read it and I know that you probably have heard it many, many times, but it applies so much to decision-making. Verse eight in Philippians chapter four. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, 
fix your thoughts on what is true. Are your decisions, that tells us, are your decisions true? And honorable, are they honorable? And are they right? And are they pure and lovely and admirable? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then it tells us, now this, this applies to our decision-making. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the peace of God will be with you. Wow. Can you get anything better than that? Can you get any better advice than what God's word tells us? The Apostle Paul wrote these words over, well, about 2,000 years ago. And to think that they apply so much to our lives today. In the area of decision-making, we need to be at peace. We shouldn't have conflict. So as I close out this teaching, as we come to an end of this, this discussion, if you will, on how to know what decisions are good and what decisions we should not make. Let us trust in the Lord. Let's believe that, that God is able, that he has no limits, that any decision that needs to be made, we can go to him. Seek his advice, seek his direction, look at his word, be at peace, avoid all conflict, and then watch and see how good that decision has turned out. As we continue to claim debt-free living, we will discover that we may not need more income to be debt-free. We just need to make better decisions on our spending. We can start today on making good spending decisions. Please don't wait. Just do it. My prayer for you today is, Heavenly Father, we all need your help in determining what we should spend the income in which we have been blessed with. Help us to understand the differences between our needs, our wants, and desires. Lord, you promised in your word to provide for our needs. We thank you for that promise. Help us to avoid impulse purchases. These will always make a negative impact on our budget. Thank you, Lord, for your instructions, Father. In the book of Philippians, we need your help to carry out your biblical plan for our finances. We surrender our thoughts to your instructions. May we experience the joy of debt-free living. Thank you for your instructions and guidance. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who will help us in all our financial decisions. For we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast entitled Making Financial Decisions. You can subscribe to my podcast on C pnshows.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're interested in obtaining my book entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living, go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode on debt-free living will be More Income is Not Always the Answer. May the Lord bless you.